You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Good morning, everyone. I got so much to say today. I never get it all said, I don't believe. I'm going to start on it. Now, if I don't finish, I'll finish next week sometime. Is that okay? All right. Take a Bible and turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. We're going to talk about how faith comes today. Anybody here ever need more faith? Yeah. I'm going to tell you how to get more faith right here today. It's not hard, but it is hard. It's not complicated, but it is hard. How then, Romans ten fourteen says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings and good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. That word is hupakuo. The word obeyed there is hupakuo. It does not mean obeyed. It means to hear. To hear. Faith comes by hearing, not by obeying. Hear that? But they have not all heard the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and it says together, hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, faith comes one way, by hearing the word of God. Is this a surprise to any of you? If you've been here two times, you should have heard me say that at least once. <laughs> Mark 4 tells us a story about how words are so strong. Words are seeds. Yeah. Mark 4, the story of the parable of the sower is the, the queen of all the parables Jesus said. He said, if you can't understand this one, you can't understand anything. Cannot not understand this parable. You cannot understand anything I say to you. It is the queen of all parables. Mark chapter 4, the sower and the seed. He tells us that the, the sower sows the word. So the words are seeds. Tell somebody that's sitting next to you, words are seeds. Words are seeds. Words are seeds. That's what they are. They produce harvests. Now you may not know this, but there's measures of faith too. God gives you a measure of faith. It's up to you to grow that faith. You've got to grow that faith. Faith grows. Say faith grows. Faith grows. It grows like anything else does. Turn to Romans 12, 3. I want to read four verses there, Miss Ann. Three, four, five, and six. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to think soberly according as Lord. God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Faith is measurable. You have a certain measure when you get saved. This, this, this happened when you got saved. The day you got saved, you heard the gospel. The gospel is the words that saves. And it came into your heart and produced a, a harvest called salvation. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Faith, is a, faith works in the heart, not in your head, like repentance does. Repentance work, only works in your head. Faith works in your heart. That's why we emphasize that here. Other places in town, they're going to tell you, repent, repent, repent. All that's doing is changing your mind. You need more than a change of mind. You need a change of heart. That can't come by one way, by faith. Amen. Righteousness comes by faith. And faith in the heart comes when you hear the Word of God. Amen. It can be increased, though. Faith is measurable. Faith can be increased. One person can have none, and another person can have more than enough. A person can have more than, more faith tomorrow than he has today. You can have less to faith tomorrow than you have today. You have a better quality of faith today than you had yesterday because God is not a socialist. Amen. God is not a socialist or a communist. There's a new, new thing going on in, in America now. The politicians are running on a socialist ticket right now. God is a free market capitalist. He really is. Read Matthew 20. You see that. See what I see. Matthew 20. And the parables of the talents. God gives you stuff that you can work on to build your life around and grow it right. like your faith. And I'm going to talk to you about the measures of faith. There are five measures of faith. Five measures of faith that are talked about in the Bible. Let's look at the first one. Mark chapter 4, verse 36. Look at this. Everybody say five measures of faith. Five measures of faith. Here's the first one. When they had sent the multitude away, read that, Miss Anne. Verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Have you ever been in a situation you felt like God was asleep? Yeah. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? No faith. Level number one, no faith. It's possible to be a follower of Jesus and have no faith. Faith can be lost. Faith can be lost. I said faith can be lost. Don't lose your faith. Don't let anything take away your faith. I walk by faith every day in my life. I have to or I'll die. My life depends on it now. There's a time when I can take it or leave it. Today I have to have it every, every moment of my life. Okay? I'm coming out of this net, this mess too. Been stronger every day, glory to God. 
My doctor was my doctor was shocked at how good I could speak now. He told me one time Parkinson's patients don't get better. I said, "Who has Parkinson's?" <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm saying? And they feared exceeding, exceedingly, and said one to another, "What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him?" Okay, this is an interesting passage to me. That word no faith is the word ooh, ooh, O-U. Absolute negative. And in Texas, that's what they think about O-U, really. <laughs> ooh, no, absolute negative. <laughs> this condition of faith has outcomes, though. You don't want, you don't want these outcomes. The first condition of faith, of no faith, is a, is a the outcome of fear. Verse 40 talks to them, said, Why are you so fearful? Verse 41 said, They were terrorized. Said, They greatly exceedingly feared Jesus. They were more afraid of him than they were of the waves. They were more afraid of their answer than they were of their problem. Wow. That'll hinder your faith there. If you're afraid of the answer as much as you are the problem, it's a terrible hindrance to your faith. Read Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3.25. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. So there's, here's another pe- people with no faith, but faith then came to them. It's us. Yeah. After faith came, the outcome of no faith is, is ignorance. You need a schoolmaster. Yeah. Outcome of no faith is wildness being out of control. That's what school does, so he teaches you discipline. Third, the third thing is found in Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse two. Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse two. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, Paul says. For all men have not faith. There we go again. They were given faith in the beginning, but they lost their faith. You must tend your faith. Tend it. Keep hearing the word. Keep it, keep it growing strong, see? The third outcome of no faith is wickedness, meanness. The meanest people are those who live their lives never believing in anything. They're mean people. You don't want to be around them very long. I had an encounter with an atheist one time. She told me she was an atheist. Ask her about Jesus and in her life. She said, I'm an atheist. Don't talk to me. I said, I can talk to you. You can't stop me from talking to you unless you leave. She couldn't leave. She wasn't exactly in jail, but she was had been sent to this, this home where I was. So I kept talking. The more I talked, the more she wilted. Come to find out, her, her parents were, were Christians back in Canada praying for her. She left home and, and prostituting her way across America. Prostituted her way across to the United States. Got caught in Texas. She was headed to South America. She got arrested in Dallas. Prostitution is illegal in Dallas. <laughs> I don't know where, where she had been, but it's illegal down there. Arrested her and put her in our custody. She's 17 years old. 
She's an atheist, prostitute, headed for South America, and had the privilege of winning her to Jesus that day. She said, I'm an atheist. I said, God doesn't believe in atheists. She said, what? I said, God does not believe in atheists. He believes in fools. They say in their heart there is no God, but that, that's foolish. You're not a fool, are you? She said, no, I'm not a fool. If you're an atheist, you're a fool. God does not believe in fools. I said, can you look around and say, really say you believe all this just happened? You know what it takes to make a cell? One cell of a body, a human body, is so complex, no science can even come close to making a cell. Never been able to reproduce even one time in a, in a lab. With all the, te the technology. She said, well, I believe there's an, a higher intelligence out there, I'll say. Oh, well, that's good enough. I know, that, I know that intelligence. That intelligence is named Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 30, min 30 minutes talking to her, she got saved. Most atheists, let me tell you about atheists. Most atheists are mad at God. They've been hurt by somebody from the church. They've been mis misused or some way abused. And they give up. They just don't want to think about it. So they say, I don't believe in God. They do that to turn you off. Don't let them, don't let them turn you off. Tell them, tell them God does not believe in atheists. Amen. They don't believe in God. He doesn't believe in them. He believes in men. Who need him desperately? They need him desperately. Anybody know here know somebody needs Jesus desperately today? Yeah, they probably are the ones that are saying, no, "I don't want him." The ones that are saying, "I don't want him," they need him most. But they, even those who say there is no God, they have no faith at all. They they still need God very much. Little faith. We talked about no faith. Let's talk about little faith. The second thing is little faith. Second measure beyond no faith. Matthew sixteen six. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have taken no bread? Mm -hmm. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith. Little faith. Why reason ye among ourselves because ye have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand? You don't. Neither remember the five loaves or the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many baskets you took up? How, how is it? That you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Little faith has outcomes too. I mean, it's better than no faith. Let's say that. It's better than no faith. It has outcomes. They're not good ones either. Human reasoning. Human reasoning comes to you when you have no little bit of faith. It's in verse 7 there. Adam and Eve still believed in God. Little faith. After they sinned, they, they stopped believing His Word. It's possible to believe in God and not believe His Word. Christians all over this town. Christians all over this town. Christians all over this town today believe in God, but don't believe His Word. It's true. You met them. You know them. He's thinking of a name right now. Don't say it out loud. After they ate of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, they're left with reasoning, knowledge of good and evil, trying to figure out what to do and what not to do. Left to their own devices. The second 
outcome of little faith is that, that no understanding. He said, do you not understand? That you don't understand? The third one is forgetfulness. He said, do you not remember? Little faith causes you, little, little faith causes you to forget about the miracles that you've seen in your own life. You've seen miracles. You know, you know you're here because of a miracle, probably. Think back over your life. How many times did you almost die in an accident, but you walked away scot-free? Yeah. Look at these hands all over the place. It was a miracle intervention of God. My wife uh, is a strong faith woman. She built my faith so much. She's why I'm still alive, I think, one reason. God's afraid to let me die. You have to face her. We got a call one day. We were coming back from Dallas and we got a call from the church in McKinney. It said Johnny Marshall's in the hospital. He's had a heart attack. Johnny was a, Johnny was a member of the church. He's had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. It looks bad. We were just driving by that hospital, Alan Presby, Alan Presbyterian down there. And Ann said, I'll go in and pray for him. So she put off. And she went, we, they, we were in the pastors of the church. By then, our son was pastoring that church. Ann pulled in there. We went in there, and she walked in there and prayed for him. He laid up there on that, on that gurney, had him kind of propped up like this, big old hairy chest, every place she went over there, and slammed her little skinny hands down on his chest. Uh, I still see, I still see those little hands and that, that hair coming up between their fingers. <laughs> Put her hands on his chest, and the, the nurse just stood back, you know, and looked at her, and she said, "I command you to live in Jesus' name." She refuses to let anything take hold of her, to scare her. She fights back like, like she's going to intimidate the devil. She's got a sign on her on her desk. You seen that sign on her desk? It says, "I want to be the kind of person." When I wake up in the morning, the devil says, Oh no, she's up. <laughs> Walked in there and commanded death to leave him and him to be well in Jesus' name. They'd already said he had a heart attack. And they had already brought back the enzyme, showed that he had a heart attack and everything. We, we went on home and called back the next day. We were going to go see him. He said, We don't have a Johnny Marshall in here. Well, he had a heart attack yesterday. They said, what room was he in? He said, well, I don't know. He was in the emergency when we we saw him. The, the nurse said, well, he was released. Released from having a heart attack yesterday? She said, he didn't have a heart attack. He said he did. But we, uh, we said he didn't that afterwards. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Got out. He's been well ever since, as far as I know. Amen. Little faith is not bad. But you got to have big faith to do big things. Growing your faith. That, that brings me to the third kind of faith that's in the Bible. Growing faith. That's where most of us are. Growing faith. Let's turn to Matthew 17, verse 20. Matthew 17, verse 20. Read it, Miss Ann. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, 
and nothing shall be impossible unto you. This is one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. I've heard people say, all it takes is just a tiny little speck of faith. Itty bitty tiny little speck of faith like that. <laughs> a grain of mustard seed is like a grain of sand. That's all it takes to move a mountain. That's wrong. He did not say that you can move a mountain with a tiny little speck of faith. He said you can move a mountain if you have it like a seed, which when it is planted, it grows. That's what he's talking about. Not, not the size of the mustard seed, but the nature of the mustard seed. The nature of the mustard seed is to grow from something small, something really big. You see what I mean? As in quality, not in quantity. Mark 4, 31 says, it, it, it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is planted, which when it is sown, is less than all the seeds that, that the, of the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out great branches so that the birds, the birds of the air lodge under it. Paul said to the Thessalonians, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because your faith grows exceedingly. Faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounds. abounds. So your faith must grow. That's how, that's how you get more faith. How, how are you going to make it grow? How are you going to add to it? By hearing the Word, staying under the Word of God, listening to the Word every day. I, if I were you, I would get the Word of God in, on a cassette tape <laughs> or on a download from the Internet. And listen to it in your car. You can listen to the word in your car. You live in unprecedented days. Yeah. People used to not even have a Bible in their hand to have in their in their home. Now we have it every every place, but we don't use it like we should. Get the word in you all the time. It'll grow your faith. I have it, have it going in my head all the time. Because if you get to enough seed in you, it'll crowd out everything else. I learned how to get a good yard by throwing seed out there every now and then. Put some more seed out there now and then. It'll grow it. It'll crowd out of everything else there is. The reason that works so well is because your heart is programmed just like the earth is. Your heart is programmed just like the earth is to grow things. Whatever words go into your heart, it will take root and grow. Seeds are, are words or seeds and they go into your heart. They grow there to make your life better or worse. Make it worse sometimes, you know. That's why fence posts rot. Did you ever know why fence posts rot? You ever see the bottom of a fence post? Almost, they're rotten. They rot if you bring them out a few years, you know. Without, that's why they crystal them and everything, but they'll still rot over time. The reason fence posts rot is because the earth is programmed to grow things. You put something in the earth that they won't grow, the earth is going to kill it and try to make it grow till it, till it rots it out. That's how it happens. You're designed, you are designed to grow things Amen. in your life. Your life is not supposed to be like it was 20 years ago. You meet somebody, they say, you haven't changed a bit. That's not a compliment. <laughs> I mean, you're stuck. Amen. Uh, here's, a, here's one. Great faith. Fourth level is great faith. We had no faith, little faith, growing faith, and great faith. Matthew 8 and verse 10 says it. 
Let's read it, Miss, Miss Ann. Matthew eight ten. Great faith. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. He was talking about a Roman centurion who had great faith. How'd this guy get this great faith? He understood authority. He got, his, he got his faith by understanding authority. He knew that if somebody in authority said it, you obey it. That's what he said. He showed Jesus that. He said, I know who you are. I know what you can say. You speak a word. My servant will be healed. If God's word is God, then God's word can do anything. The moment you believe that, your faith is working. Okay? That great there is not a, not a quality word. It's a quantity word. A quantity word. It's tosutos. Tosutos. T-O-S-O-U-T-O-S. Tosutos. No doubt no, no one wants to write that down properly. <laughs> tosutos. Quantity. It's great in number. It's amounts. Amen. I want great faith. Let's say it together. I want great faith. Make a confession. I want great faith. I'll have great faith. I'm going to have it. And I want to talk to you about the last one. The last measure of faith is all faith. All faith. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, you hear what Paul said? I have all faith to remove mountains. Cannot move a mountain with a little tiny speck. It takes big faith. Big faith. But it must grow. That little tiny speck you have, if that's all you have that will get you saved, that's all it takes to get saved. It's a little speck. That starts you on your journey. I thank God it's that simple. Don't you? Most of us Okies be left out in the dark if it took something other than that. I'm glad it took took a little bit though, because I can grow a little bit with it as a seed. I can grow my faith to 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 go through little faith, growing faith, great faith, and all faith. Amen. Move mountains with all faith, Paul said. I see Isaac in the in the Word of God. He got a word from God. Look at Genesis 26, and I'll let you go. Genesis 26, verse 1. And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee. And will bless thee. Is that verse 4? And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of the heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries. This is the same promise that God gave to Abraham. He's giving this promise now to his son, Isaac. Okay? Isaac got a word from God, didn't he? Got a word from God, heard God's word, acted on it. God knew his tendency was to go to run to Egypt, because that's what Abraham did. He said, I don't want you to do that. 
I don't, do not want you to do that, Isaac. I want you to stay here and I bless you right where you are. God can bless you right where you are. Amen. You do not have to move to be blessed. He can bless you right here where you are. Amen. Amen. Isaac did that and sold and sold and sold and looked at it down in verse 12 what happened to him. Verse 12, 13, and 14. Then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year. He sold in a famine now. Remember, it was a famine. And received a hundredfold. Hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. Okay, so he prospered. He continued to prosper. Became very prosperous, one translation says. He prospered, he continued to prosper, and he became very prosperous. Oh, man. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants and the Philistines envied. Let's say it together. Faith comes. Faith comes. Faith comes to me. Faith comes to me. Faith comes to me now. Faith comes to me now. Stand up on your feet. I'll finish this next next week, okay? Amen. There's a, a little bit of addendum I need to add to this. Watch your mouth with words. Negative words are like weeds in your garden. They hurt your crop. They will hurt your crop. Learn to say positive things. Learn to say what you want, not what you think is coming. What you want to come. Your dog, you look out in your backyard and your dog is gone. You stand out there and say, my dog is gone, my dog is gone, my dog is gone. He's going to stay gone. What do you start doing? What do you, what do, you do? You call for what you want. Hey, Bado, come here. Come here. Come here, buddy. Come here. Start calling that dog. He'll show up in a little bit, too. Your healing will come to you if you keep calling for your healing. Prosperity will come to you if you keep calling for your prosperity. Don't give up. Don't, don't lose heart. Say, faith comes to me now. Faith comes to me now. In Jesus' name. I deserve it because Jesus deserves it. Amen. Father, I pray for these, these souls here today. Precious to me, precious to you, I know. I pray in Jesus' name that the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us move their hearts to receive this seed. Cause it to be a great harvest to come forth in their lives. As we take this step of faith, confessing that faith comes to me now. In Jesus' name. Turn it over to you, Miss Anne.